0: Alan Kring Productions in association with Emergent Light Studio presents the Illinois State Collegiate Compendium, academic lectures in business and economics. This is Business Finance, FIL 240 for Autumn Semester 2023. Today, the weighted average cost of capital Give me a minute here. The uh, uh, one minor announcement. I will have a quiz, a pop quiz for you next uh, Wednesday, a week from today. And uh, that should cover this topic and a little bit of what we did in the previous week. And this is kind of a math thing, and, but uh, like I said, I'm going to build a template here with you just so you can get this down more quickly. There's, It's not all that hard, any given step, but there are a number of steps in it. And the use of a template sort of clarifies how the steps go. Uh, of course, it'll do the calculations too, but I, like I said, the calculations themselves aren't that hard. It's just this, uh, doing this thing can wear you out. But uh, first, I'll look at the numbers, and the numbers are there, and it, it was a bold day. It wasn't a spectacular bold day, but it was a solid bold day. You had the Dow up about and then the S&P 500 cranked up uh, 0.65%, and the NASDAQ, of course, it's back to the typical kind of day. NASDAQ up almost a full percent, not quite a full percent, but um, I'm just curious about something here real quick. Oh, well, I'll be darned. Anyway, um, so, decent day and a lot of that is being driven by the uh fed still holding the line on raising interest rates reasonably good economic uh conditions and all that crude has actually punched through its lower resistance level of 82 and it's down there at 80 am i look at that right 80.8067 on the light sweet brent benchmark uh, so uh, I mean, yeah, we probably will see lower gas prices, but maybe it won't be too much. Here's the thing is, if you look at the gas, uh, gas stations, if you, uh, the ones that sell both gasoline and diesel, you'll see the diesel prices are all, uh, almost a dollar more a gallon, which would indicate that the supply of diesel right now is uh, not that good and so obviously in production you have there's a trade-off between production of gasoline and production of distillates distillates like uh diesel and jet fuel and all that so if the price of diesel is that high right now there might be more allocation of fuel of oil coming in to the production of the diesel if possible uh whether or not that's feasible or not is another thing so we might not see gas prices go down that much. But I would imagine that by this weekend, if these prices hold where they are, we could see gasoline prices down maybe three nineteen a gallon. But we'll see uh, how that goes. I have a feeling it will get there. I'm already seeing some movement on gasoline prices down this morning. Okay, moving over here, the 10-year bond, the yields are sliding which, uh, as you can see, which means the price is going up. Investors are going to buy it. The yields are easing up because of the uh, reality that the Fed isn't going to raise interest rates, and so you're beginning to see interest rates in general, not just the yields on the treasuries, but interest rates in general, <coughs> beginning to slide a little bit. There uh, was a report yesterday that home mortgage rates uh, Loan rates are on the way down which is great news and that's going to stimulate the economy spur uh, growth so we have some good signs for not just now the economy is good but the economy will be good going into the uh, the new year which is good as I said good news for you folks looking for jobs now as far as the euro and the pound they have uh, and the yen too they're all depreciating if I eh, yeah the yen they're all depreciating against the dollar they were appreciating but now they're coming back down and you see the euro coming down toward the bottom end of its trading uh, the the current trading range it's now below a dollar five and a half uh euro to uh, dollars to the euro. Strong dollar, strong American economy, strong dollar, all that stuff. Uh, gold, yeah, it's just kind of it came back down below two thousand dollars an ounce. It probed the resistance at two thousand, and then it, uh, the traders chickened out and got it back down and drove it back down below that. So that's good news for normal people. Now, if you look over at Japan, there was a spike at the bell. It just jumped up and then it stayed there. So that would mean that before trading began in Japan last night, last night, our time, uh, there was good news. It got pushed into the prices right away, but there was no more good news. So the Nikkei 225 just eased along for the rest of the day. Uh, their day and then come into London and London had a drop off and then it had a bull surge and then a bear surge. It was all over the place. Kind of hard to tell what that's all about. I haven't been following their news too much lately but um, anyway, on our side of the Pacific, another good day, a bull day. So when you have a spokesman come in here and tell you that it's a bull market, even if the bears try to stop them, the bull is just going to keep going. And to quote a famous bull, that's no bull. Uh, where where am I? Oh, okay. Good enough. Now, down to the subject of the day here. I'm going to write some equations on the board here. I'm going a marker that's going to have some punch to it the weighted average cost of capital the whack. again very big stuff for use by businesses for a number of purposes and we can do it this way the weight the weighted average cost of capital is equal to the weight of debt times the cost, after-tax cost of debt plus the weight of equity times the cost of equity. Now we can break that down a little more. The weight of equity can be broken down to the weight of preferred stock times the cost of preferred stock plus the weight of common stock, which I'll put as an S, times the cost of common stock. I showed you the three components, how you get them. The cost of debt after taxes is going to be the cost of debt times one minus the tax rate, which is uniformly right now 0.21%. If I'm not mistaken, your book is still using 0.35% or 0.39%, which justifiably we had it there for so long, and then that massive tax cut on the top income earners uh, in corporate uh, corporate America. Just change that 0.39 or 0.35 to a 0.21 for everybody. Now remember that the cost of debt, you're probably going to want to use the yield to maturity, the YTM, not the coupon. The coupon is a historical cost, but the market is pricing the debt from day to day, which prices the yield to maturity, by the math of it, that bond calculation. Now, that's gonna come into play here, so we're gonna have to use that at some point today, (laughs) unfortunately. Okay, so now, and then the cost of preferred stock is going to be the dividend that's paid on the preferred divided by the current price of the preferred (laughs) stock. That was what I did on Monday. Nothing hard there. I mean, just push in some silly numbers and you're all done with it. The one that's a pain in the butt is this one. The cost of common stock. If it's an old company, all you do is you take the uh, dividend One period out divided by the current price of common stock plus the growth rate. Where the dividend is, the the dividend one period out is the current dividend times one plus the growth rate. Now you see that these are actually, this is calling for an Excel sheet where you can just put in the raw data and it'll punch out the numbers quite well. The problem is that if you don't have a constant growth rate of dividends, the next place you go is to the capital asset pricing model. You take the risk-free rate plus the beta of the stock times the expected return to the market portfolio minus the risk-free rate to get it. Quick dirty way, if you have a beta, And then there was this third way, that's A, that's B, and there was a third way to say that the cost of equity, cost of common stock, would be the uh, current bond price, yield to maturity, uh, the industry um, bond price, I'll put it as BP, for the industry, plus the current yield to maturity. I'm sorry. Plus the equity premium of the industry. You can do it that way. Now, I'm going to tell you right now that doing this on a test, i wouldn't make it so that you had to figure out which of those three you would want it, you would use what I will do is I will make it so that the first one is the one that you would use i mean it's going it, it's bad enough when you've got a long word problem, and then there's an ambiguity you have to figure out okay, did he give us a constant growth stock or did he give us a beta? Or did he give us an equity premium? That makes it even worse. And it's not worth the effort to test that at this level. Now, if you take my next course, yeah. And I'm sure most of you are saying, I can't wait to do, take that next course. Or not. Probably not. It's more like it. Okay, now. Here's what I'm going to do. Let me... Um, actually... Here is, I'm going to show you a template real quick, and then I'm going to back down from that and rebuild it somewhat. There's a problem with all of this. How in the hell do we get these weights? Those would be market weights. The weight of each one. The WD, weight of debt, plus the weight of preferred, plus the weight of the common stock, should equal 1.00. That's what they should, they should equal 1.00. Okay. So, the weight of debt would be the market value of debt over total market value. The weight of the preferred would be the market value of the preferred over the total market value. And the weight of the common stock would be the market value of the common stock over the total market value. Now, let me show you what I mean by that. Oops, sorry. Okay, here. I put the market values in here. And I'm glad the new stock is a little bit complicated here. I might just pull that out for the time being. But where would the market value of the debt come from? Well, the market value of it, you would take your total, the the price of your debt out there in the market times the amount of it. So uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Well, preferred stock, you take the price of the preferred stock times the number of preferred shares outstanding. For the common stock, you take the number of shares of common stock outstanding times the price per share, which is what we call the market cap. So what that tells us, what we're doing here, what what it tells us is we've got to get these market values. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to put the... uh, I'm tempted to just kind of pull out this market value. Huh. Well, no. Let me do another sheet here and just work it through. I'll do another sheet here in a minute. Okay. Market value of debt. In real practice, this can be a, a total pain in the backside simply because a company could have different debt out there, some senior notes, senior subordinate, and all that. You have to take how many of those bonds are out there times their price per bond. So let's make it as simple. Let's say you have. One million five hundred bonds. Outstanding. The price right now on those bonds is, let's say, $987.50. So the market value of debt would just be the 1500000 of those bonds we have, outstanding, times the price per bond, per each one of them, $987.50. If I do that real quick here, calculator, I take 1,500,000 bonds, these are the actual bonds themselves, times the price of each one of those in the market right now, that would be 1.481 billion dollars. That would be the market value of its bonds. You see, if those bonds were selling at par, the market value would be 1.5 billion, 1,000 times 1,500,000 of them. But these bonds are selling at a discount to par, so their market value is a little less than 1.5 billion dollars. The market, that means that the market weight of the debt is a little lower because the bonds are selling at a discount. Now, if the bonds were selling at a premium, then the market value of the bonds would be above $1.5 billion. But the bottom line is, you need to know how many of the bonds are out there and what the price of the bonds is. But that's also one of the, you also need to know the price of the bonds. That's one of the things to find the yield to maturity on the bonds too. So it's a double problem there. You just have to walk your way through the pieces. And that's why it's nice to be able to put the problem into a table and then get it done. Let me try something here. Okay, now the preferred stock. The market value of the preferred, getting a little low on this board here, that would be just the price per share of the preferred times the number of preferred shares outstanding. That would be the market value of them. Suppose the company has, let's say, 500,000 shares of preferred stock. And the price per share of the preferred right now is, let's say, $85. Well, then the market value, and I am getting low on here, I'll read this to you. Market value of preferred would be nothing but 500,000 shares times a market price right now of $85 per share I'm not even going to try it. I'm just going to do it on the calculator. 500000 times, what was, I, what was I thinking here? Times $85 per share. 42500000 Let me get over here so where I can do this a little easier, a little more easily. This is truly a pain. So I got the market value. The market value of debt. The market value. of preferred, and the market value of the debt was, what was that? 1.48125. 1,481,000,000. The market value of the preferred was 42,000,000. Five hundred thousand. And now the cost of the market value of the common. Let's say that there are fifty million shares of common stock outstanding. Let's say that the price per share right now, price of the common stock right now, is $120 per share. So the market value of the common would be 50000000 Shares of it out there at $120 per share. And again, I'm not even going to try that. 50 million shares of stock outstanding times $120 per share, $6 billion. market value of common. There you go. And finally, I'm going to do this on the calculator the first time. And then we're going to use Excel to do it and automate this pain in the butt. Total market value of all of its securities would be the one billion four hundred eighty one million two hundred fifty thousand plus the forty two million five hundred thousand dollars plus the six billion. My ass. Let's try. Did, uh, we'll try that again. One billion. Thank you. Four hundred eighty-one million, two hundred fifty thousand. Plus. Try it again. Four. Two five hundred zero 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 plus six zero 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 zero. Did I do it that time? Ha. Seven and you can see this is where Excel really begins to help you out a lot with this. Seven five two three seven fifty Seven five two three seven seven billion five hundred twenty three million seven hundred fifty thousand. That is the total. Now you can see. I hope you see how it's going to Excel is going to accelerate this process. So the weight of debt is the 1,481,250,000 divided by the seven billion five hundred twenty-three thousand seven hundred fifty. The weight of preferred would be the 42,500,000 divided by the total seven five two three seven five zero 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 and the weight of of common stock would be six billion divided by seven billion five hundred twenty three million seven hundred 50,000. I'm almost losing my will to live doing it this way. It's not fun. Okay, so. I'm going to do it on the calculator. I'm going to be a little lazy here. I'm going to save the total in memory. So now the first the first one would be 1,481, 1,481, 250,000, divided by that monster total, memory recall, 7 billion, 7.5 billion. So the weight of debt is 0. 0.1969. 0. 0.1969. The weight of equity of, I'm sorry, that's the weight of debt. The weight of preferred would be the 42,500,000 divided by that 7.5 billion, memory recall. And you get 0.006. It's a very small part of the capital structure of the company. Point zero zero five five six, And then the weight of equity would be $6 billion. Divided by that 7.5 billion, or would be 0.7975. 0.7975. And if you add those up, those will come; those weights will come up to exactly one. Now you're going to get maybe a little tiny bit of rounding error and obviously I give account for that in looking for the correct answer. But there is how you get the weights, using a calculator. But we can do a little bit of that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to build another sheet here, over here, make it bigger. Now the one one that I have already prepared includes new common stock, which I haven't shown you yet, and I'm probably not going to do that. Well, let me not be vague. I will not do that on a test. So all you'll be doing is the security type and then the cost And then the market value, and then the weight. Oh, I have to put in the how did I do it on the other one? Yeah, the market value market value and then I put in the weight yeah the weight next get those in I'm going to take a quick side light side jump here. You don't have to know this obviously it's just a something that avoids an annoyance of mine. right click on the sheet you're working on view code see that general do the worksheet and I'm going to type in a single line of VBA cells dot entire column We can't see this. Really? Oh. Now? Yes. Uh, Oh well. (laughs) That helped a whole hell of a lot. Will you let me put it here so I can... Okay. Okay. Let me do it again. I'll, I'm just showing you a stupid pet trick. Cells, it'll make you feel like you're really cool because you can write VBA. Cells.entireColumn. column. See, it's even offering it to you if you want. Dot autofit. Whoops. autofit. Dot auto fit. Okay. Then you just get rid of it. Now watch what happens when I hit enter. Did you see what happened? I don't know why Excel never put this VBA and embedded it. But you'll catch it as I go along. So we're going to have debt preferred you see what happened there? Common. Now, let's just throw in those numbers and throw in a cost. Okay, so the after-tax cost of debt, let's say, is 4.25%. Oops. 4.25%. Say the cost of preferred stock is let's say 5.8% 5.80% and the cost of common equity is 12.63%. Now let's put in the market values. Just the ones that I got there. What did I have? One, four, eight, one, eight, one, two, five, zero, zero, zero. The preferred was. 42,500,000. 42,500,000. And I wanted to put a, pre, a dollar sign on that. And the cost of common stock, rather, the market value of the common stock was $6 billion. Okay. Now, I add those up and I get that 7.5 billion. Oh. Yeah, I know. Yes. You wait until I make a fool of myself to tell me, right? <laughs> there you go. And then, e- Each of those would be equal to, for example, the market value of debt divided by the total. And I'm going to make that an absolute reference so I can just scope it down. And you get the same numbers I did over there. I'll let you catch up with me because I'm going to show you a faster way to do it. I I, I think I showed you last time, but I'll show you for sure this time. So, first you get the market values of each one, you add them up, then you take each market value divided by the total. That's how you get a weight. Okay. Are you ready for a stupid pet trick? Watch this. I'm going to get rid of that, and I'm going to get rid of that. If you want to follow with me, I'll stop at each step. You highlight the three market values. When you do that, you're going to see a little icon down in the lower left side of the highlight. Got it? Click on it. Choose totals. And clear over to the end and you'll see a percent total with a yellow column. That's saying, find the percents and put them in the next column. Did you see it? It's even flashing it. And if I click on it, it will make it permanent. Well, spank me, Jesus. Look at that. There's a lot you can do. If you look at that icon, just play with it. You can do charts from it. You can do averages. Any, a lot of different things. You can either do them underneath, or you can do them as a side column. And now, for and now, ladies and gentlemen, for the end. Whack! I want to take cost of debt times the weight of debt, plus the cost of preferred times the weight of preferred, plus the cost of common times the weight of of common. And I'm going to do a sum product equals sum product open the parenthesis, and you say do this column cost column comma this column the weight column so the weighted average cost of capital for this firm is ten point nine four percent yes yeah <laughs> Um, is getting that weight percentage the only way by doing that by highlighting market value, or is there another way to get to that, to the quick the, analysis, to the final weighted au- weighted average cost of capital? Are I'm you sure asking? The that you're showing us right now is us highlighting those three cells the only way to get to quick analysis, or is there another? Way to There's get another way I can show you. Hang on, I can take. I don't really have that icon that yours was showing. You don't. No. Apple. What can you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot. Yo. Okay. So I take equals this times times this. You don't understand my question. So I don't have the weights. Nineteen point six nine percent. You don't have those. Because so I did from dividing. Oh, you can. uh, It's the same weights, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm just going to take this times this plus this times this plus. This times this. Should give me the same number. Yep. Is that the same? So yeah, that's doing, that's a, the sum product does that for you. Yeah. It works hard so we don't have to. Sum product does. It's exactly the same thing. Now, I've been finding out that sum product does some really weird stuff that's more advanced too. So use it cautiously because it's apparently a, a rather more powerful tool than I normally use it for. But the sum product is just really nice. Especially imagine if you had a like ten rows, uh, you would be doing this plus times this plus this times this. The sum product just wham, it does it in one shot. Yeah. Can you show the quick way to get the video? Yeah, sure. Watch. Just always ask me. Do it again, Fat Boy. <laughs> Watch. Okay. Oh, the weight percentages. Okay. I just all I did was I just took. Let me let me clear this. Watch. By all means, always just say stop and go back because. Okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take equals. You know how, you know you highlight it, and then there's a little pop up to like the bottom right. Oh yeah, that you want that? Okay, watch. This one um I highlight these 3. That one? Is that what you want? Okay, watch. When I highlight them, this whenever you highlight anything, that always shows up. And people think why? I think that's why. It does not on Mac. Yeah. Right? Okay, that's why. Yeah, yeah, that's what I didn't realize that Max didn't do that trick. Yet another reason to trade in your Macintosh. Would Command Q do it? Try, yeah, try Command Q. <laughs> I can't do it on this because it's a PC, but see if Command Q will pull that. Q is quanti- quantitatives. At least that's what I thought it meant. Let me try something here. Command Q. Hey, spank me. Control Q does it on the PC. No, so. Command Q does. Yeah. <sighs> I am so disappointed. <laughs> I had such neat tricks here. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think what else I could do. It, wait, let me try. Okay, I'm going to do something I usually don't do. I'm going to try to Google. Command Q on Mac. That quits it. Try one more thing. I don't want to spend too long on this, but let me try something here. Um, um, okay. Okay, let's try this. Let me try this. Let's do conditional formatting. On the format sidebar, click the cell tab and then you should get conditional highlighting. That's where that is. So you would highlight the cells and then click on the format sidebar, whatever that is, and click the cell tab. Does that work? Work? It did? Or not? Huh. Okay. Well, Anyway, let me get these back in here. Okay, let me kind of proceed on here. I kind of took the wind out of my sails pretty quickly here. (laughs) Okay, now, the cost. Let's add in, and we'll go back over to my existing one here. On this one, let's put in, now, And now I'm going to put in, we're going to get the cost. Now on this one, what's going to happen is we're going to need a bunch of little information. We're going to need the tax rate, the cost of debt, the preferred dividend, the par value, the price of the preferred, common dividend, and all of those other things you need to create the price and the therefore the cost of each one Now the first thing we'll need is the yield to maturity on the debt There's the yield to maturity that's that calculate the yield from that other spreadsheet that I gave you this is the same thing it's a mini version of it All you have to do is put in the term and the coupon And remember that you have to do the price on the hundred. And then that hundred won't be, you don't need to touch that. Payments per year, three hundred and sixty day basis, and there's your yield. It's very it's the same as the one, the bond calculation that almost all of you got right on the test. This is just doing it again, and it gives you the yield. This is just taking this number and multiplying it by your tax rate. So you're going to leave the tax rate alone. And if you do, and if you calculate the bond yield to maturity, that number will just appear for you. The 1.92, that's the cost of, that is the cost of preferred stock. Notice that it's just a formula. The dividend on the preferred, which you put down here, which is nothing, the dividend on the preferred is nothing but the two, per, whatever you give for the dividend, times the par value of the preferred. In this case, the par value was $85 per share. I didn't tell you the dividend, the dividend, but now here we have it and the current price of the preferred. i put in a price there. Now the common stock dividend, I'll give you that. You just put it in there. And then the growth rate, and that will give you D1. And that is just the, that is just the current price, the D1. the common stock its cost it's just going to be D1 which is D0 times 1 plus the growth rate divided by the R minus the return plus B17 and this one don't worry about it I'm, I'm getting rid of I'm not going to use it for this one Put in the price of the common stock and the number of shares of the common stock outstanding. Hmm, wonder where I put that. Oh. Oh, there's the rest of the information over there. And I'm going to shade that. Because you won't use it for the problems this time. You get the par value of the bonds, how much they are actually, price of the bonds, that would be the price of the bonds, times, uh, the, just, I give you the price. Number of preferred shares outstanding, number of common shares outstanding. As long as you can fill in these numbers and get the bond, calculate, calculate the yield, and put these numbers here, these numbers will come out. Matter of fact, let me remove that row entirely. And this one won't come out to be that one because the numbers, these numbers I put in are different. So in the template, all you have to do is put in this number right here. This number, you don't have to calculate because it's done for you by the yield to maturity calculation over here. The preferred dividend would come from the problem. You give the preferred dividend, the par value of the preferred, the price of the preferred, and then the common stock dividend, the growth rate, and the current price. And I'm gonna just get rid of this because we're not gonna use it. And this all should calculate for you. Play around with it. It'll take a little bit to get used to it. And I'm going to put this one up as your save as. I'll just put it in documents. Documents. Now, I put a macro in there and it's going to bitch at me about that macro I put in there, so I'm going to just it won't be in there. It doesn't affect the problem at all, and then I'm going to upload this to your uh, sheets to your spreadsheets so that you have it for that. Now, a little bit of background here. One last thing. well, as a matter of fact, let me show you this. When would you need to issue common stock? Because you can get debt, you can get preferred, you can get common. When would you need to, if you had new projects, that would change your retained earnings. If I take the, suppose I'm going to do projects that'll total, let's say, a hundred million dollars, a hundred million dollars, divided by the weight of co- of common stock which was 0.7975 We have a name for that the weight of the common we're going to cha- we're going to grow our retained earnings by 100 mil- by 100 million because we're going to take on 100 million dollars in new projects we will finance with debt preferred and common stock and, and our retained earnings. If I take the $100 million and divide that by .7975 then I would have to go to start using new common stock when I had reached $125,391,850 in total changes in retained earnings which would include income that was brought in. We have a name for this. This is called the equity breakpoint. It is when we reach a retained earnings total level of $125,391,850 that we would have to go out and issue more common stock. That's called the equity breakpoint. I'll explain a little more on Monday. But I do want to show you something before I finish today. Let me show you one last thing. Don't worry too much about that right now. I'll go back through that on Monday. Matter of fact, I'll go through this, some of this again on Monday just to make sure you've got it down well. And I'll extend the deadline to uh, Tuesday night on your homework too, by the way. But I did want to show you one thing before I quit here. What you're seeing here, this comes from the Stern School of Business at New York University. Every January, they take uh, companies in lots of industries, 90-some industries, and they show what they're weighted. They calculate just what I did here, the weight, the cost of equity, the weight of equity, the cost of the after tax, the cost of the standard deviation, they do that. The cost of debt, the tax rate, the after tax cost of debt, and then they do the weight of the uh, debt. Here's the weight of equity times the cost of equity. Here's the weight of debt, weight of debt times the co- after tax cost of debt and they calculate the weighted average cost of capital. Now this was fresh in January of this year. Now by industry, if I shrink this down just a little more, you can see it a little better here. These are the weighted average costs of capital for all these different industries in the U.S. You notice something. First of all, most of the industries have, a, an aver, have weighted average cost of capital that is less than 10%. Only a few, like this one, the energy. Oddly enough, energy has a higher weighted average cost of capital than almost any other industry. Here's another one. Electrical equipment, one more. Health care has a high weighted average cost of capital relative to all industries. Looking down here, there was one more that was, well, here we have three in a row. Shoes, software, entertainment software, productivity software, they all have high weighted average costs of capital. But the average overall is about 9.25%. Overall is the typical average weighted, weighted average cost of capital. Kind of gives you an idea for, if nothing else, if you're just pulling a weighted average cost of capital out of the air, but you want it to be kind of realistic, you probably would want to use about 925 for your typical weighted average cost of capital. <coughs> Not sure what that indicates, but keeping an eye on this, interestingly, 2022, the weighted average cost of capital was somewhat lower because interest rates went up through 2022. Now, we'll, we will, it'll take a few more months before we'll know what they did in 2023. But for, just for a general problem, a weighted average cost of capital of 9.25 isn't a bad number to try. Anyway, that's all I have for you today. I thank you.